as ever. I'm like this at home. Oh, life is good. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. Am I? Okay. 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 Thank you. Okay, we'll just pray for Michael. Father, we thank you for Michael. We thank you for this softly spoken man who tends to cause us to give him our full attention because we want to hear what he's saying. I ask you to bless him as he shares your word with us. Whatever you placed upon his heart, I pray that it will do us good. Like food, it will nourish our spirits. Bless him, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Am I on? Yeah? Good. It would be unfortunate to stand here and nobody to hear anything. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start by reading from Genesis 3, 17 to 19, and I promise not to be overly long. Genesis 3, 17 to 19, and this is after Adam has eaten the fruit. And things are going to go pear-shaped. And he said to the man, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow, until you return to the ground, since you were taken <coughs> from it. For you are dust, and will return to it. Hardships of every kind, trial and test, tribulation and difficulties, with grief, crying and pain are part of life and inescapably so. The tunnel, the valley, is for all, good and bad alike. We, a fallen people, inhabit a fallen world. The world and self and all its inhabitants still lie under the wrath of God, resulting from the original sin of Adam and the fall in and through him of all 
mankind. The Adamic curse of God remains until the end of time upon all of Adam's progeny, all of whom inherit his fallen nature without exception. Jesus said in Matt 17, Matthew that is, 7.18, not 17, 7.18. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree, tree produce good fruit. Adam simply became a bad tree and produced like offspring. Sickness and stress, fear, age and anxiety, toil and labour, injury and infirmity and death became and are the common lot of all humanity. Yet even so, mitigated and relieved by the astounding mercy of God in and by the blood of Jesus. Matthew 5:44b. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Despite the fall, the goodness, the blessings, the mercy of God. And ultimately, not just to be mitigated and relieved, but to be swept away utterly and irrevocably, finally and completely. And those washed in that blood, out of all the inhabitants of the world, from the beginning to the end of time, will stand in the harmony of holiness and wholeness in the presence of the living God without spot or stain. Revelation 21, 1-8 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling place is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them, and will be their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful 
and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, it is our destiny, our future, and our sure and certain hope. With Job we can truly say, that's Job 19.25-27, but I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the end he will stand on the dust. Even after my skin has been destroyed, yet I will see God in my flesh. I will see him myself. My eyes will look at him, and not as a stranger. My heart longs within me. Job and John, in their extremity of suffering, both alone, one on an ash heap, the other on the island of Patmos, and both having suffered the loss of all things, demonstrate and declare their love of and steadfast faith in the Lord, their God, and their Redeemer, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, in perfect accord and agreement, and with one voice proclaiming that which is most certainly to be and will most certainly come to be, and looking not at affliction and circumstance, but at that which is indelibly and inexorably set before them by the Word Himself, who Himself brought all creation into being. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation 21.5 Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. As this present world exists solely by his word, why should we ever doubt that which is most surely promised by that same word? Behold, it is done. And if our hope is fixed on that which is most surely to come, attested by the word himself, we will not live timorously but boldly for the Lord for I know that my Redeemer lives I saw a new heavens 
and a new earth. Through the eyes and witness of Job, and through the eyes and witness of John, I too, we too, see and hear these things, and in faith affirm it to be so. And could it be even, should it not be, that our hearts are also long within us, as did Job's, and just as surely John's. Our eyes and aspirations should not be earthbound, but focused on the horizon, as we long for the advent of that day, and that second advent of the Lord, who bought us by his blood, and makes all things new, including and especially us. 2 Corinthians 16:18. Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outward person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable, eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The problems, pain, persecutions, and all such are temporary, just in the same way as are all the pleasures of this fallen and corrupted world. 1 John 2, 15, 17 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. <coughs> the permanence we seek and cry out for, the wholeness and completeness is ours. The holiness is ours at the remit by the Father in Jesus of all our rebellion and sin. But we are not to love the world and are to do the will of the Father. The world as we know it and experience it, with all its sufferings, but with all its pleasures and allurements, and so persuasively enticing, is passing away. And those who love the world will pass away with it. 
there will be a division. <coughs> Revelation 21.7 Talking of the end. The one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. These are those who have loved Jesus and hence the Father's will. The one who in the power of the new life does the will of the Father will inherit. We will inherit the new heavens and the new earth. We seated here today, our future is golden, guaranteed. Our reality is not this life. We shall live in intimately eternal fellowship with the God who called us into being. Initially in Adam, who brought death, and then again and so gloriously in Christ, who bought and brought us life, which we do possess, and shall possess in all its fullness eternally. 1 Corinthians 15, 21, 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also <coughs> comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. And now the division. But the cowards, it's a bad list, but the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. These are they who have loved the world. God sees with utter clarity all that is just as it is, with a perfectly true perception and accurate judgment. His view is not ours. Perhaps an idea of the world in which we tarry for this present while could be taken from Revelation 17, 4 and 5. Not giving an interpretation by any means, but merely using it as a picture. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, jewels and pearls. Attractive. She had a golden cup in her hand, filled with everything detestable and with the impurities of her prostitution. Deadly. We have no part in this. Deuteronomy 14.2 For you are a holy people, belonging to the Lord your God.
The Lord has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. And 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We do not belong to the world which is passing away, but to the one which is to come and is eternal. Job testifies, for I know that my Redeemer lives. John testifies, I saw a new heavens and a new earth, two voices among many, many others. So do we really see by faith and believe what they saw with the eyes of faith? And because of that faith, live accordingly and boldly for Christ in the midst of this present world and live with eagerness. Awaiting and witnessing to the day by our manner and lifestyle. Are we then committed and courageous and obvious in our faith and conversation with the world? And can it be said of us Hebrews 11:16 But they now desire a better place a heavenly one therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them And a final question we are not of the world we do not belong to it for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, 1 Peter 2.9. And in 1 John 5.19, we know that we are of God, and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. <coughs> and the final question, how much of this world remains in me and you? If we, the redeemed people of God, called and set apart out of all humanity, and that is the fact of the matter, have our perspectives right with a clear comprehension of who we are and the future that is ours in Jesus the Christ and our Lord and God. We well might be a happier people, a bolder people, a more courageous people, and certainly a more distinct people. And it will be obvious to all, a vastly different people. 
and a people is what we are, not a group of individuals drawn together because of a commonality of purpose and even of belief, but a people forged together as one by the intent and hand of the Lord our God through the blood of Jesus delineated from the commonality of the world. Our presence should be noteworthy, for our light should shine strongly. So let us then turn in true faith with our eyes upon Jesus and on the kingdom which is to come. Our destiny is both prepared and assured in Christ. John 14, 3 If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Let us live as we should, for we shall see God face to face. Let us look up continuously and standing ready, stay awake, while lifting high the banner of faith in this bleak and dark world, for our redemption is at hand. Let us look up and bear witness by the demeanour of our certainty in Christ. Let us look up for the trials, temptations and tribulations of today and tomorrow are passing away and we shall most certainly see him face to face. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Alpha. The beta years. <coughs> and he said to the man, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you are taken from it. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's the beta years. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is, sorry, 
God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. So let us live with our eyes on that which is to come and not with our eyes on this life. That's the Omega years. So we have Alpha, the Beta years in the middle and the Omega years, the beginning and the end, the great plan of God, completed, finished. Mercy, grace, blessing, forgiveness, love, generosity, incredible goodness of God from the beginning 